Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Shut the f up! An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 408, Submission 2427. The Colts Broncos Thursday Night Football Game from 2022. The Colts-Broncos Thursday Night Football Game from 2022 aired on Prime Video the night of October 6th, 2022. And believe it or not, guys, not counting live shows or minisodes, in the chronological order of episodes, this is the most recent episode in our chronology. For obvious reasons. Yes. So last year, we sat here in this room on Zoom and said, that was the worst freaking game we ever saw in our lives. And we just had to talk about it in this episode. So let's go back to the magical land of 11 months ago when the Indianapolis Colts and Denver Broncos met in a battle of the teams formerly Played by Peyton Manning. And they all had new quarterbacks that season, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Matt Ryan, new Colt. Yes. He had been with Atlanta forever, and then he gets traded to Indianapolis because they realized, oh, Carson Wentz, he sucks. And then the Denver Broncos, they trade for the guy who beat them in Super Bowl forty-eight, Russell Wilson. And, dear God, it would be an embarrassing year for both teams, culminating in this embarrassing-ass game. So, do we want to describe the coaches? Because these two are no longer the coaches of their teams. Can I talk about the Colts coach? Yes, because he is from your area. Yes, Frank Reich is the coach at this point in time, of the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, he would be let go by the Colts and picked up by Carolina in the offseason because nobody wanted to remove the interim tag from our interim coach, even though he was very, very good for what we could afford at the time. Steve Wilkes. Exactly. Nobody wanted to just give Steve Wilkes the job, even though... He was more than capable of handling it. Gee, I can only wonder why that is. And I think we do need to mention regarding Frank Reich, he did not make it through the end of last season because he did get replaced by Jeff Saturday. Tar Heel legend. And I think the less we say about Jeff Saturday as a coach, the better, because I think the highest level he coached at before being made the interim coach of the Colts was high school. I know he didn't do any college, but I don't even know if he did any high school necessarily. They just took him straight off of ESPN to the coach's role. Yeah, how does that work out, Mike Mayock? Oh, sorry. Well, he's not a coach, but 
you get the oh point. he's an NFL Network analyst, but yeah, he went to the Raiders, lost all his credibility, and funny enough, that leads us to the coach of the Denver Broncos at this time, Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, Mike, what can we say about Nathaniel Hackett? What can we say that won't be believed? He's a bum. Oh. He's a, I, I mean, seriously, that's how I'm going to sum it up. He's a bum. Oh, he, I can I, say that because his dad was the offensive coordinator here, and he was a bum then. Well, also, and I don't want to give away too much of what's going to happen with this game, but just last year, I think he totally ruined Russell Wilson's career because Russell Wilson, Hall of Fame quarterback, last year did not put up anywhere near Hall of Fame numbers, and I think it's more than a coincidence. I, I think you actually have causation there. And, gee, where did he end up after he got fired from the Broncos? Oh, that's right. He became a nepotism hire by Woody Johnson to lure Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. And you know what? I bet you Nathaniel Hackett's plays will be taken about as seriously as Ringo Starr's songwriting with the Beatles. Hey guys, I wrote a song. Oh, that's great. Oh, good, Ringo. Fantastic. You know what? I'm going to put it right here, right on the refrigerator. That way we'll get to see it every day. All right. But also we mentioned Denver and Indianapolis. And aside from the fact that both teams were quarterbacked at one time by Peyton Manning, we actually do have a player on the Colts making his return to Denver. And that would be running back Philip Lindsay. Man, he fell off a cliff because Philip Lindsay, talking about like 2019 or so, 2018, he ran for over a thousand yards his rookie year with Denver. I mean, Denver's done that for 25 years at this point, 20 years where they take no name running backs and make them really good for a year or two. Then they move on and then their careers sort of peter out. Talking about people like Mike Anderson, Olandis Gary. We mentioned Philip Lindsay, Melvin. Well, the Melvin Gordon was with San Diego, so we're not going to add him. But yeah, Denver for 20, 25 years, ever since Terrell Davis retired, they bring in somebody who does superb for a year or two or three, and then they leave, and then next man up, or maybe not even next man up, next warm body that actually does a halfway decent job. Not even a backup, just could be a rookie, it could be a free agent. They have a tendency to find uh, good running backs that way. Oh, by the way, I shared with you in the chat. I've got this photo from the game because I watched the whole damn game before we taped this. I watched the whole damn game on Prime Video because they have every episode of Thursday Night Football on demand. So I took this picture of Nathaniel Hackett on the sideline with the graphic of the Broncos offense entering this game. So here are the stats going into this game. Touchdowns, six. Tied for the fewest in the NFL. Punts, 21. Tied for the second most. Delay of game penalties, four. The most. False sort penalties, eight. The second most. Total penalties, 19. Tied for the most. And this is your new offensive coordinator in New York. Yes. Sorry to hear that. Well, 
Robert Sala is the coach, and he's just as clueless as Nathaniel Hackett. Don't break Aaron Rodgers, man. Don't break Aaron Rodgers. I think COVID already did that, Chico. No. COVID and a week in darkness. We don't know what he was doing. Probably saying I wish I had stayed with Olivia Munn. But okay, this is Thursday Night Football. Our commentary team for this is Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Now, I know we're only one year into Thursday Night Football, and we're going to be starting the second season next week with the Eagles and the Vikings. But it is weird hearing Al on Amazon Prime doing these games. But, I mean, he's near the end of his career, so he probably figures... Yeah, I might as well take that Bezos money when I can and leave the Peacock. So, and Kirk Herbstreet, well, I got to be honest, it's weird hearing him call pro games because I'm used to hearing him on ESPN with college forever, it seems. But, you know, he's not bad doing the games on Thursday Night Football. And you know what? Between that game day and whatever Saturday game he's doing with Fowler. I mean, he's logging in those frequent flyer miles, so props to him. So let's start this game. So I got the box score on NFL.com. So, okay. The first drive of this game, five plays. And how many yards do the Colts manage? They manage eight yards. Incomplete pass by Matt Ryan. A three-yard run. A five-yard pass. And a punt. Now our next drive from Denver 49 yards 10 plays and they get a Brandon McManus 33 yard field goal four minutes and nine seconds and they actually mentioned that at the time he was like last year the only person remaining from the Super Bowl 50 team and I believe he's no longer on the Broncos now McManus didn't he go to somewhere else in the offseason he definitely moved on and I believe the new kicker in Denver is former Saints kicker Will Lutz because he got released. So the next drive, six plays, 24 yards going three minutes, a punt. They got a 21-yard pass from Matt Ryan, but that was about it. The next drive from Denver, four plays, negative four yards. Yes, Russell Wilson got sacked. And Melvin Gordon went nowhere. But our next drive, four plays. You know how many yards the Colts managed? One yard, Bob. (laughs) Thanks, Deion Jackson, for that single yard. And then our next drive, four plays. Five yards. (laughs) okay so it's mike boone running for three followed by russell wilson connecting to saubert for two two yards and then a punt and then next drive five plays negative one yard are you seeing a pattern here guys I want to say two steps forward, three steps back. I think it's a microcosm of Denver's season last year because they had like no offense minus like one or two games. 
But okay, they finally had some offense here. 11 plays, 45 yards by the Broncos, 4 minutes and 14 seconds. We have a Brandon McManus 44-yard field goal. But okay, we got some offense going here. All right, the Colts, they're driving here. We got some Lindsey runs here. A 15-yard pass to Michael Pittman. A two-yard run here. A 12-yard pass to Pierce from Ryan. Lindsey running for 15 yards. And then, oh, no. No. Matt Ryan threw an interception. It was meant for Kylan Granson. It ended up with Stearns instead. Second and nine. Ryan, good protection this time. Throws. It's picked off at the 15-yard line by Stearns. Out to the 37. He goes. So Ryan at time tried to thread it and could not. And a good-looking Indianapolis drive ends with that. Caden Stearns. The first of two interceptions, I should say. So the Broncos have the ball. They're up 6 nothing. You're thinking, okay, they're going to drive here for a touchdown. They're going to take a lead here, go into the half. Seven plays, nine yards. Oh, God. And the only got a first down because it was a 14-yard penalty by the Colts. And the Broncos committed a 10-yard holding penalty. So, okay, the Broncos had to punt it. The Colts get the ball. And the Colts go 15 plays, 57 yards. And they get a field goal from 52 yards out. We get a kneel down by the Broncos, and that ends the half. So the score is 6-3 to three Broncos. And God, I was watching the halftime show, and Tony Gonzalez made like some bizarre comparison of Russell Wilson to Aladdin. And that's what they need to do. You know, it reminds me of the movie Aladdin, where he's trying to be something that he's not. Just be who you are. We love you for the, what you can do with your legs, Russ. Keep doing that. Well, he also needs some of those wishes and needs to rub the genie to get some help right now. Because right now, you came up to me and you go, how many uh, yards does Russell have? 69 yards in the first half. Nice. I don't know why he compared him to Aladdin. Because everybody in Denver was pretty much welcoming Russell Wilson as the next great coming. Although, if you saw him play at Wisconsin, then you could think to yourself, yeah, there's a reason he doesn't play for State anymore. But he overcame all of that when he went to Seattle. So I'm looking at his action in Denver and thinking, I think you left your game in Seattle, bro. Now, again, he didn't leave his game in Seattle. There's causation with Nathaniel Hackett being his coach. I really don't think he lost that much ability in one offseason. I really think that there's a correlation between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett's ineptness. So there is a spectrum. And on the top, you have Pete Carroll. And on the bottom, you have Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. You well, know, no, I think at the bottom you'd have Robert Sala, but that's <laughs> just what I think Greg would say. You know who would be a better quarterback than these two right now? And he's in, ironically, the Amazon employment for this game. Fitz. Oh, I just saw earlier today, 
Fitz is actually doing ads for DraftKings. Oh, that's nice. At least here in Cleveland, or at least in Ohio, he's doing advertisements for DraftKings for the NFL season. And I think they call him NFL legend or football legend. And it's like, I know Fitzpatrick played like 15 seasons, but to call him a legend might be stretching the truth a little bit. He has a legendary beard, Mike. Yes, he has a legendary beard. And he was a decent player. I mean, obviously, 15 years isn't bad. But again, saying legend when, you know, real legends are Brett Favre and Peyton Manning, that might be a bit of a stretch. But actually, I think if you take a look at Fitzpatrick's numbers for his career, they're not bad. They really are not that bad. And I'm taking a look at it. He still has the most touchdowns to the season by any Jets quarterback. Yeah, he threw for almost 35,000 yards in his career, 34 and 990. So he was literally 10 yards away from that. But yeah, I mean, he had a, a decent enough career. Actually, it looks like it's closer to 17 seasons than 15, but there's a reason he's called Fitz Magic. I was actually looking at a five points bids sort of teleconference with four other people. They spent an hour talking about how legendary Ryan Fitzpatrick is. An hour. And this was a year ago. Okay, so we begin the second half. The Broncos get the ball. Six plays, two minutes and 12 seconds, 11 yards of offense. And I think that's at this point, I think I've showed you a video in the chat I took of the Broncos fans watching the game. And there's this one fan that's hanging his head down like, oh, God, why did I pay so much money for these tickets? Why? Well... It could be worse. I'll get into that later, but go on. Go on. Next drive, Colts nine plays, 34 yards, three minutes and 57 seconds. McLaughlin, 51 yards. We have a 6-6 tie. So the Broncos get the ball back here. Okay, 51-yard pass from Russell Wilson deep to Sutton. Okay, they get a nine-yard run, a four-yard run. Okay, Russell Wilson gets a sack on second down, incomplete pass on third and 16. So they're going to kick 34 yards. So you think Brandon McManus, 34 yards in the air of Denver? Okay, this is a gimme. He's got this. He's got this. He's got this. He doesn't got this. And look, of all things, that one gets blocked. And that's Grover Stewart who blocks it. So an easy for McManus, what would amount to be a chip shot field goal. And now the Blues really rain down. Here's the block. It remains tied at 6-6. Oh. Yeah, blocked by Stewart. Yikes. Okay, so the Colts get the ball back here. They're looking real good here. (laughs) But no. Incomplete pass. And then they get a pass for negative five yards. Deion Jackson, what is you doing? And then we have Matt Ryan's second interception to Stearns in the game. Third down and 15. Three receivers and a bunch to the right. Ryan hangs in, throws, picked at the 27-yard line. On a third down and 15, trying to jam it in. 
Matt unbelievably frustrated and it's Caden Stearns again with the interception. And uh, Matt, I know you had a great career with the Falcons. But uh, no. But okay, the Broncos, they have the ball. They don't move it. But they're in field goal range. And McManus, he redeems himself. He gets the field goal. So it's 9-6. And then the Colts get it. Five plays, four yards. And they have to punt. So now we go into the fourth quarter here. And what happens on a third and 13? Russell Wilson throws a deep pass, and it's intercepted. Wilson throws off balance, picked off at the four-yard line. Rodney Thomas has made a couple of really nice plays tonight, and another one here, and he finally gets tripped up as he approaches the 40-yard line. Listen, man, I, Russell Wilson is a talented quarterback. We know that. He looks left to Cortland Sutton and then without even looking, throws the ball up into coverage. Maybe it's just me, but hearing Al Michaels there, he doesn't have the enthusiasm that he had even like a year or two earlier. If you had to watch this game, you'd lose your will to live. Okay, I get that, but it just, he doesn't bring that charisma, that enthusiasm that he's had for so many years. I mean, legit, maybe he was bored. But also, again, how old is Al Michaels? He's easily in his 70s, if not older. I'm just wondering if age is getting to him. Well, if the reaction to his call of the Jacksonville Jaguars comeback against the Chargers last year was any indication, yeah. I have the answer to your question, Mike. He's 78 as we record this. He will be 79 in November. I'm going to say this right now. He's going to retire before he turns 80. I think he's got at most two years left. So the Colts have the ball here. Seven plays, three minutes and 23 seconds. How many yards do you think they got? 10. 11. Eh. 11 yards. I think that's mostly because there was a 10-yard penalty after a 12-yard run, and then Ryan got a 21-yard pass to Lindsey, but they couldn't capitalize it. They got the punt. The Broncos, four plays, eight yards, two minutes, 11 seconds. They punt the ball back to the Colts with eight minutes and 42 seconds left, and then the Colts punted right back after five yards and a minute 46 how many punts do you think we've had in this game so far? Too darn many. The Broncos, they're driving. They have a chance to seal this game up right here. Okay. They're like third and four at the 13. So you think, okay, maybe they're going to run the ball here, try to get some yards. Maybe get close to a field goal. And then maybe if they get a couple yards, maybe they'll go for it if it's fourth and one. Maybe you'd think you'd be smart, but Nathaniel Hackett says, no, I got a great idea. I'll have Russell Wilson pass the ball down the middle. And what happens? Stephon Gilmore happens. <laughs> Third down and four. 
Wilson to the end zone, and it's intercepted by Gilmore. Oh, man. I mean, this is one of those, you got to be kidding me. Intended for Tyree Cleveland, the guy they haven't even targeted one time tonight. And here comes Ryan with a chance to, to do something and get at least a, a tie if he can move yeah, down the field. He gets the ball back. Judy went underneath, took the defender with him right here. He's going to clear it. And then to the right of that, you'll see, I think he's a little late here. If he throws that earlier in front, he's got a chance. Now give Gilmore a lot of credit for being able to get underneath that. You're talking about one of the better corners of all time in the NFL. But a ball that's thrown late and behind the receiver gives Gilmore a chance to cut it underneath and come up with that big interception to get Ryan the ball back. And Woody Johnson saw that and it's like, that's our guy right there. <laughs> okay, so the Colts, they get the ball here with about two minutes left. Ryan gets an 11-yard pass to Pierce, a sack, a 17-yard pass to Pierce, 10-yard pass to Campbell, 5-yard pass to Pierce, a 4-yard penalty, a 17-yard run, a 9-yard pass, an incompletion, a 5-yard penalty, incomplete pass, and then with 8 seconds left, the Colts tie it up with a field goal, and it's 9-9, nine to nine. and it's at this point that this game is likely heading to overtime, and the fans, they've had enough. They're like, we don't want to see overtime. We're just going to get the hell out of mile high, and we're just going to walk out. And guys, let's hear Alan Kirk's reaction to this. Anyway. <laughs> They're leaving. The Broncos fans are bailing. They've had enough. It's 9-9. They're like, the heck with it. I'm out. Yep. I'm out of here. That's crazy. Sometimes you just got to beat the traffic. Okay. Said the heck with this. Yep. I've seen enough. They know where to catch our lounge jack after the game. You can see the sadness in their faces. They are depressed. They are down. They are dejected. And the show image for this episode says it all. These Broncos fans walking out of the stadium like, what the f kind of game did we just watch? Not just what game did we watch. What game did we spend probably hundreds of dollars to see? I'm Think of it that way. Yeah, if you spend $100, $150, $200 on a ticket for a game, you'd hope that it would be at least somewhat entertaining. And they all look dejected, like somebody ran over their puppy dog. Somebody's going like, I could have watched this at home on Prime Video and then watched the marvelous Mrs. Maisel afterwards. Or you could have watched a James Bond movie because they plugged the James Bond movies during the promos on Prime. Because they now own the James Bond franchise, you see. Yeah, because Amazon owns MGM. So, okay, Colts get the ball first in overtime. They go 45 yards, nine plays, but they have to kick a field goal, so it's 12-9. So, by the rules, unless you score a touchdown, if you kick a field goal, you have to kick the ball back so the other team gets a chance. So the Broncos have a chance to either tie or win the game here. Can I get out of my soapbox for a second and just say how stupid of a rule that is? Oh, they should have gone to the college overtime rule years ago. Well, that, but also, you know, back in the old days, 
first team to score wins. And even I would say if a team scores a touchdown and wins the game, the other team doesn't even get a chance. Yeah, I understand. Well, your defense should have played defense. Well, it goes both ways. You know, you should have the uh, other offense and the other defense prove their worth. But yeah, it's a cluster muck to say the least. Except in the playoffs where they stupidly changed it, where even if you score a touchdown, you still have to give the other team a chance because Josh Allen didn't get a possession against the Chiefs in overtime. Boo-hoo. Like, I care. Thanks, Roger Goodell. Yeah, and you know what? Defense wasn't a problem in this game. Defense was all over the place. Both of the offenses stink. Hey, guy from Pod People, what do you think of this game? It stinks. So the Broncos, they're driving here. Russell Wilson gets a 24-yard pass, and then he throws a nice 37-yard pass to Jerry Judy. You get a couple of runs here, and then it's fourth and one at the five, and guys, guys, fourth and one. One yard at the goal line. Mike, just say it. We all know what's coming. Quarterback sneak. Okay, didn't we see this in the Super Bowl where Seattle was at like the one yard line? They could have just rushed it in. They had Marshawn Lynch, but no, they decided to throw it fourth and one. And fourth and one at the Indy five. So literally, you could have either run it in or gone for the field goal and then, you know, continued playing overtime but they decided to throw it to Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And here's the last play right here. This isn't going to be a quarterback sneak, is it? No. What did you think? It's a pass. I know. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Short-term memory. That's the joke. Surveys, good protection, slides, fires, broken up in the end zone. Gilmore on Sutton. So the defensive player of the year a couple of years back, and somehow, someway, the Indianapolis Colts, who took their first lead of the game on that field goal, pull out a 12-9 victory. How fitting. The 11th-year pro, the veteran, matched up against Sutton. Watch this at the end of the route, and there's the length again. Russell should know better than to try Stephon Gilmore, tries to go... Moves that that arm angle down, tries to get around the pressure, but Gilmore again with the instincts to feel and then the closing speed to get that arm out there and knock it away. Got to give credit to Stephon Gilmore. As they said, he's been a great player for a long time, and he's still bringing it. But also, yeah, I know Cortland Sutton is probably the number two in Denver. Where's Jerry Judy? That's the person I'd throw it to personally. You know, they should have listened to Coach Chico and gone for the quarterback sneak. I'm sorry. Or given to Melvin Gordon or whomever. They should have definitely run it. You need one yard. Then you get the one yard. You have four downs to go four yards. And a stat from this game that I found from Amazon during the broadcast Until this game, there was never a game in which each starting QB had over four Pro Bowl selections and neither team scored a touchdown. That is sad. That's pathetic. 
You know, it wasn't pathetic. Those two guys I took the picture of in the stands that had the Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan outfits and the one guy held a sign that says WrestleMania. WrestleMania is running wild in Denver, brother. That should be like the alternative cover art if we can somehow get a clean picture of that. Oh, I will try to get that. Perhaps a side story to all of this. We didn't even talk about how injury-addled both sides were. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so before the game, Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, I feel like he's playing an indie out of protest this year. He was out with an ankle injury. Javante Williams was out with a right knee issue. And then, as the game goes on, we lose Quiety Payne on Indianapolis and Garrett Bowles on Denver. Now, you see, if Denver had Javante Williams, he was supposed to be their big back last year. But unfortunately, I think he got injured in the preseason. I don't think he even played a regular down last year. He was out for the entire year. So what if he was available? Maybe there at that last play, you don't try throwing the pass to Cortland Sutton. You say, Javante Williams, get us that one yard. Get us a new fresh set of downs. Guys, after this game, you will not believe this. The local Denver ABC affiliate, KMGH, Channel 7, which aired the game locally in Denver, because as you all know, any NFL game that's on cable or streaming has to be on a local affiliate in case the people in that market don't have access to cable or streaming. Well, this was the reaction from the Denver ABC affiliate after the game up a little bit later but they lost in overtime 12 to 9 as matt ryan yeah led a a game-winning field goal drive and russell wilson suffered two picks with no touchdowns let's go live now on power field at mile high sports anchor nick rothschild and broncos inside of troy ranker there guys we talked about how the Broncos could build on Russell Wilson's performance the last week, his best performance. He came out and looked as bad as I've ever seen him. What has happened to this team? Well, uh, Lionel, we'll try to create some answers for you over the next hour or so. But first off, Troy, I feel the need to just apologize to the viewers. I know we didn't play. We didn't really even run this broadcast. But the fact that you had to watch that on our air, I feel bad. I was here and I didn't even want to watch it. Where do we begin? Well, listen, it burns the retinas. It was that awful. Both teams stunk offensively. What was It burns the retinas. Yikes. That was the Yikes Bowl, Greg. And that was from the home news team. That was the official team of the Denver Broncos. Denver 7, KMGHABC. Saying that. They were not shy about bashing how horrible that game was. But if you can believe it, would you believe the next week's game was almost as bad as that? Because the next week's game was the Commanders against the Bears. That one was bad. I remember us talking about that. 
Okay, Chico, can you get the box score from the Commanders-Bears game last year? So, the game that aired the following week, not as bad as this game, but only just. Bears hosting the Commanders. Commanders win 12-7. Carson Wentz went 12-22 for 99 yards. Got sacked three times. Justin Fields didn't do much better, 14-27 for 190 yards, but at least he threw a touchdown. But he got sacked five times, and to quote a good friend of ours, Ian McClinn, Siv! Rushing game, Brian Robinson led the Commanders with 60 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields led... The Bears, 88 yards. Receiving game, Terry McLaurin led the receiving game for Washington with 41 yards off of three receptions. Dante Pettis led the Bears with 84 yards off of four receptions and a touchdown. But aside from that, it's like, okay, it's better than what we had last week, but only just... I think you really need to give Washington, specifically Brian Robinson, a little bit of a break. Because please remember, last year, Brian Robinson got shot. He had just come back from being injured in a shooting. That is true. So when you're saying just 60 yards... Yeah, just 60 yards, but he was probably either clinging for life or was battling this gunshot wound. So I'm not criticizing you. I'm just telling the audience the 60 yards, yes, it seems kind of low, but also given the circumstances as to what happened two months prior, give the guy a break. If I'm not mistaken, that was a leg injury with the gunshot wound, wasn't it? I think, but don't quote me. Guys, 11 more years of Thursday Night Football on Prime, everybody. Hey, I have the figure that I was teasing at least twice this episode from Roger Sherman, a writer at The Ringer, where the sainted Claire McNear works. Amazon paid $13 billion over 11 years for Thursday Night Football. That's $1.18 billion per year. And there are 15 TNF games per year. Long story short, they paid about $78 million to broadcast this Colts-Broncos game. Well, again, if you look at before the season, you hear Colts and Broncos. Okay, cool. That's a good matchup. You have Russell Wilson, you have Matt Ryan, both of whom are probably going to be in the Hall of Fame in the next decade or so. You have, in Denver, given the altitude, the light air, usually they're high-scoring games. So at least on paper, it looked good. But then, you know, Frank Reich, he got fired later on that year. Nathaniel Hackett couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. It looked good on paper, but not necessarily uh, looking so good in terms of execution. A couple more quotes here from all-pro offensive lineman Mitchell Schwartz. This 
freaking game. This looks like an uninspired training camp scrimmage deep in the dog days of camp when you're tired of hitting each other and generally just over anything related to practice or football. This is one of the worst games I've ever seen that involves both starting QBs and no bad weather. Damn. Wait, but the line of the night belongs to the patron saint of Sundays, a man who has the hardest job in all of football, Scott Hansen, the host of the NFL Red Zone, who said, let's cut to another game. The most Scott Hansen line ever. Well, guys, I don't know how we're going to top that, but let's play a game of eBay prices right. So, you are bidding on a card from 2016 playoff pairings. It is a dual jersey card of Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, numbered 9 and a 15. So, you're going to be bidding on the buy it now price for this item. So, I will start the bidding with Mike. For a card out of 15... I am surprised there are no patches. It is just two plain white swatches, which is lame. Lame for a card out of 15. Don't get me wrong. It's a a cool card, but being limited, you should have some more colors there. What would I pay for this? I'll say... Hmm. I'll go with $29.99. I see foil pressing. I see two fabric swatches. I see $16. There's 15 in the world, though. That's right. There's 15 in the world. And the price of this is $30. Oh, I was a penny You were a penny off, dude. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, if there was more color there, if they had patches, gosh, that card is probably worth three times as much. It's probably a $100 card, if not more. But just two plain white swatches just doesn't sell to me, even with the rarity. But I got to pat myself on the back there. One penny away. Pretty darn good. You did the Barry Horowitz pat on the back. One penny away. Hey, Greg. Golf clap. Golf clap. Uh, Well, what can I say about this game? But last year, it was a very terrible, horrible, no good thing on TV. And speaking of no good things on TV, let's go. I was going to say, do you want another terrible, no good thing? Let's do the Joey Gallo update. I kind of like that. It's the Joey Gallo update. Hey, guys. Do you smell that? Stinks. Are we talking about the Yankees again? Oh, sorry. Valid point, but I'm not talking about the the Yankees. I'm talking about Joey Gallo. As I mentioned, we're going to do this twice a week for the rest of the season. 
And realistically, we're only going to be doing two more installments of it unless Minnesota makes the playoffs. Because this is pathetic. He's played eight games in the last two weeks. And looking at the numbers, it looks like he's only started four of those games. He's had a total of 13 at-bats. Zero hits. So he's gone over his last 13 in the last two weeks. He did score a run about a week and a half ago. I'm sorry, I'm taking a look here. He didn't get a walk. Was he a pinch runner or maybe he got on by error? I can't really tell, but regardless, he scored a run even though he didn't get a hit. Go figure. Could be hit by pitch. No, it wasn't hit by pitch. I have no idea. Not going to speculate. However, the one thing I think we do need to keep an eye on, because this is uncharted territory that we've talked about. We mentioned in the past that he was right near a 50% strikeout rate. He has by far passed that. In 273 at-bats this season, he has 140 strikeouts. I don't have a calculator in front of me, but I believe that's like about a 53, 54% strikeout rate. And I don't think anybody in the history of baseball who's batted 273 times has struck out that often. That also explains why in the last two weeks, he started a total of four games. And he's being paid $11 million. That's the update. Hey, $11 million to bat 0 for 13. I'll take it. Oh, and I should add his average is down to 176. Fantastic. Actually, that's not even his lowest average of the year because back on the 11th of August, he was down to 172. So, And actually, after that 172, that's the day he had four hits and brought it up to 185. Joey Gallo's a train wreck. I'm sorry. But hey, it's Minnesota's train wreck. Guardians are only four and a half games back. Well, on that disappointing note with Joey Gallo. That oh, I thought you were going to say on that disappointing note about the Guardians. That, <laughs> that too. too. I knew it. That too. Just shut up. It's going to do it for this episode. But remember, you can always go to our website over it was a thing on TV.com where you can listen to the 407 episodes that precede this episode. We've got all sorts of great bonuses there, including mini-sodes, live shows, extended versions of previous episodes. Everything is on there. And remember, we are on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon over at It Was A Thing On TV, except for Facebook, where we are at It Was A Thing On TV podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed, either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Audible, etc. And also don't forget we are on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to hit the notification bell to stay up to date on all future uploads on the channel, including what is coming up on the podcast next time. Well, guys, we continue our luck at the upcoming season by talking about Something on the first Monday night broadcast of the season. And this was a pairing so awful on Monday night football. And now I'm not talking about Dennis Miller. 
And you're not talking about Rush Limbaugh either. Well, that was Sunday Countdown, but well, yeah, yeah it, it was still football based though. But it wasn't Rush Limbaugh on football. It's a different pairing, but yikes. But also our second episode of the week. Mike, you're hosting this episode, so you got to clue me in about this. This is a show that was very briefly run about 40 years ago. And I don't think it aired many places. But thankfully, some intrepid soul managed to put a couple of episodes on YouTube. And it's going to be a short episode. But there's a couple things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the people in front of the camera but also some of the stuff on set. There's a lot to actually break down here, which I think is going to reach some different areas of the fandom. There's people that we've talked about in the past. There's really an entity that we should talk about that I don't think we've ever talked about. There's a lot of stuff going on. And again, it's not going to be a long episode, but it's still something that I think deserves a little bit of respect, a little bit of coverage. But that's not all. Oh, that's right. Because sometime in the next couple of weeks, we will be bringing a sequel to one of our favorite episodes. And I won't tell you when it's going to come up. But let's just say we did network TV fall campaigns. We're going to do a part two. So that'll be coming sometime this month in September. So stay tuned for that. And I got a request about the last time we did that for some PBS spots. I just might find some PBS spots. And I bet we're not going to talk about any fall TV campaigns for 2023, unless you want to hear about CBS promoting Lotteria Loco and Raid the Cage. Well, before we sign off, I want to thank Highlight Heaven on YouTube for providing us all the clips from this terrible game. And let's never discuss this game ever again. Agreed! Until next year, maybe. Maybe there'll be a game as horrible as this next year. Maybe there might be 15 Thursday night games this year just as bad as this. You know you just put that out in the universe, right? Well, hold on. What if the Jets-Browns Week 17 game, we talk about that next year? Close the show. Well, you'll find out more about those subjects next time right here. And it was a thing on TV. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you for the next one. Wow. Hello, everybody. We're in Russell Wilson's kitchen. He's on game day snack duty. Let's listen in. Let's take our snack game from here to here. I got us. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How's Russell going to play this one? I'm calling an audible. Welcome to Think Like a Champion, the podcast where we reveal the mental strategies of elite performers so you can apply them to your own life. You called an audible. Call an audible and get in the game with originals like Think Like a Champion. And don't forget to watch Thursday Night Football on Prime Video.